And good morning, everyone. How are you? Welcome to Sunday Coffee with the Azorian One. I am your host, the Azorian One, Anthony of Steves, right here at a Steves Manor. Now, you might be wondering, it seems kind of quiet this morning. It does seem kind of quiet this morning. How could that be? Well, let me tell you. As I look over there at our dining table, it's empty. Looking down the hall, it's empty as well. It's because the boys, Jackson and Thomas, stayed at Nana's house tonight. Last night, excuse me. That's right. Last night, Mr. and Mrs. Azorian One had a crab feed we went to. A little bit of a date night for a free crab feed. The boys stayed at Nana's house. It was a quiet night. Oh, look at Listen. Yeah, silence. Nothing. Nothing at all. They're partying at Nana's right now. Now, they are coming back home today, so don't worry. The boys will be back probably next week. But for today, you get a Sunday coffee with the Azorian one, where I don't have to put on some sort of animated film to keep their attraction, nor do you hear them asking for a cracker, because it's quiet now. It's just you and me. It's us. It's just us here. Ain't that something? It's just it's amazing. Who would have thought that would have happened? How's your Sunday? Today is, of course, February 3rd, 2019. Uh, and today happens to be a very special day in the world of sports, in the world of football. Today is, of course, Super Bowl Sunday. Morning Attack 4. It is Super Bowl 53 today. The New England Patriots will be defending, not defending, will be going one more time for another Super Bowl championship. They'll be going for their sixth if they win today, going against the Los Angeles Rams. Now, for those of you who are fans and are curious who I might be cheering for, who I, who I want to lose, let me simply say this. As you can tell, I've had a tough few seasons by the jersey that I'm wearing. Those of you watching on Twitch, I am wearing my... You, you see what I'm wearing. Those of you who are listening to this show on the podcast app later on in the week, you may not... You can't tell that I am wearing right now my Patrick Willis number 52 San Francisco 49ers jersey. I am a Niner fan, and of course I am a Patrick Willis fan who retired a couple years back, a few years back. It's been a bad few seasons if you're a Niner fan, especially when you started this season thinking you were going to do well because Garoppolo was in. And, well, that was great, wasn't it? That was, that was just great. Anyway, no big deal. I'm wearing my jersey today in honor of the Super Bowl. I'm going to be watching it. Uh, who am I rooting for? Um, what, the last time I cheered the Patriots on the Super Bowl was the very first time they went with Tom Brady. They went against the St. Louis Rams, and they won. Fast forward now, and it's they're playing the Los Angeles Rams, and it's a much older Tom Brady against a very young team. It's like role reversal. With that being said, I am drinking today not out of a Marvel or comic book-themed mug, but out of a Starbucks mug that does have a specific city on it. I am drinking out of a mug, those of you listening, that says Los Angeles on it. In honor of my family down in Southern California, 
those of you who may know, uh, the Portuguese hammer, Eric Vieira, who is a cast member of Guys in Shorts Sports Los Angeles, as well as a podcaster for the Los Angeles Galaxy's official podcast, the uh, soccer team, the LA Galaxy. So, in honor of my family down south, who are all very excited and hoping for the best, they are the underdogs today, going against the Patriots, I'm rocking my LA mug. That's for you, fam. Good luck. Cheering you on. See what happens. So, with today being Super Bowl Sunday, I thought, since my show typically focuses on movies and television shows, filmmaking in general... I thought I'd feature two of my all-time favorite football films. And those two movies are, of course, Any Given Sunday and Friday Night Lights. Goal, yes, Attack for Goal. That's that's soccer, which I also am a big fan of. When you're Portuguese, you have to be a soccer fan. So there will be a soccer episode sometime. And this isn't quite over quite a crossover episode. I'm not a part of Manners the, the Manderson Danderson squad, but I will be you know, tackling sports in my own film-focused way. So, any given Sunday and Friday Night Lights are going to be the topics of conversation today. Friday Night Lights, the movie, not the TV show. I never watched the TV show. I heard great things. Heard great things, but I never watched the show. I love the movie. Adore the movie. So, we're going to be focusing on that. A little fun fact regarding that movie and the TV show and how they're connected. But first, minor news to get out of the way. Box office, of course. We have, it is Sunday, therefore the box office numbers are in. And number one, again, surprise, surprise, Glass. Glass takes the top spot for the weekend again. It was a very low uh, weekend in terms of box office. I don't think anything, I'm not sure if anything new opened. Oh wait, there was one film that opened this weekend that did break the top five. And I'll get to that. Uh, but nothing too big. So Glass repeats, three-peats at number one. See, football terminology. Uh, three-peats at number one for the weekend. It made $9.5 million. It's made $88 million in the domestic market alone. When you incorporate the foreign, Glass has made $198 million worldwide. Just too short of $200 million. Cost plenty to make. You got a success story there for M. Night Shyamalan. Financially. And his... Unbreakable trilogy. So that still stays number one. Number two is still The Upside with Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston. That movie is still plugging along. Did well. It's making $75 million domestically. Made about eight point eight for the weekend. Uh, the new entry is a movie called Miss Bala. Which looks like a... Uh, I didn't get the whole story on it. It looks like some sort of revenge film. Uh, women are kidnapped by a cartel. And this... Badass-looking woman comes out of nowhere with a gun and just starts laying fools out. Um, that's all I know about it, just from the one commercial I've seen of it. Um, looks action-packed. Broke the top five. Uh, de- debuted at number three. Made six point seven million for the weekend. Budget was fifteen million, so we'll see if they can. Oh, they'll make it. It'll take them. A, it'll take them a few weeks, but they'll, they'll make their money back. Uh, fourth, Aquaman. Made six point seven. Uh, excuse me, four point seven million for the weekend. Aquaman has made a total f- uh, domestic of three hundred twenty-three million dollars, and worldwide the film has made one point one billion 
dollars. It has now made more than The Dark Knight Rises, becoming DC's biggest worldwide box office opening. Uh, not domestic. Domestic still, The Dark Knight still has that, I believe, at 512, 514, something like that. Uh, but worldwide foreign market, worldwide market, including the foreign market, Aquaman is DC's biggest box office hit. And rounding out the top five is, of course, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Made 4.4 for the weekend, has made a total gross of $175 million in the domestic, and worldwide $347 million for Miles Morales, Gwen Stacy, and Peter Parker. So there you have it for the top five box office. I, too, still want to see the Kevin Hart, Brian Cranston film. That looked pretty good. I, I, I get intrigued when comedic actors take dramatic roles and do well. Uh, Robin Williams, Good Will Hunting. Um, it's, it's, it's cool to see when they can show that other side. So, yeah, I am intrigued. I want to see the upside. Um, you go Glass. Yeah, Glass is plugging along, making that money. Uh, also, this week, uh, my idol... The man I attempt to emulate, the man who my handle on social media is slightly inspired by, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham. By the way, I have a donut here. Donut. Mm. A bite. There's a bite of my donut. There you go. You gotta do it. Hobbs and Shaw, starring Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham and Idris Elba. You heard me. The spinoff of the Fast and Furious franchise that focuses primarily on Luke Hobbs, played by Dwayne Johnson, and Deckard Shaw, played by Jason Statham, who are forced to be teamed up together to take down this ultra-unstoppable bad guy, played by Idris Elba. That dropped this weekend. This dropped, excuse me, the trailer dropped this week. The film looks nuts. Looks insane. Looks like it's what... You'd expect from something that's Fast and Furious related, but now with Dwayne Johnson in control. It's a part of the franchise, but it's now Luke's the main character. He spent all the last movies trying to hunt down Vin Diesel and then team up with Vin Diesel. Now it's his story with Shaw. Um, so, that's true about the comedian. Uh, Tag 4, yes, about how they don't get enough support when they try to go outside the box. They get put in... If they want to venture out. that Regarding comedic actors who do dramatic drama work. Well said. Uh, but yes. Hobbs and Shaw. They're going after Idris. I love the song choice for the trailer. Why can't we be friends? Because uh, Hobbs and Shaw don't get along. They, Shaw was the villain of Fast and Furious 7. Furious 7. He was the villain of that one. Um, Indiana. No. Even when the boys aren't here, I gotta call somebody. Now it's my dog. Then she can take the cat's food. Um, so they spin off. They have to team up for some reason. Uh, I've been following. I follow the Rock's Instagram page. It's like my morning activity of following his Instagram and seeing what he's saying and what he's doing. And I've been watching the behind the scenes of shooting this film. Um, they they just they hop all over the world. For this film. It's all over the world they've gone. And I know at one point they make it back to Hawaii. Because uh, on his Instagram it shows that his cousin, Roman Reigns. WWE superstar Roman Reigns. Will be playing his brother as well. Will be playing his brother in the film. Excuse me. Um, 
So it's going to end up somewhere in Hawaii at one point in this movie. It just looks like it's crazy. I'm going to enjoy it. You don't expect, like, The Godfather. Expect just what you would expect in a Fast and Furious film. Just insane action. That's what you expect. Um, so Hobbs and Shaw will be out this summer. There, The trailer will be one of the commercials in the Super Bowl today. So it'll be one of the commercials that'll be there. If you haven't seen the trailer yet online, it will be played today during the Super Bowl. So there's that. All right. On to the topics I had for you. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl 53. So I am going to go over two of my all-time favorite football movies, Any Given Sunday and Friday Night Lights. We're going to start with number two on my list, which is Any Given Sunday. Any Given Sunday came out in 99. It is directed by Oliver Stone and written by Oliver Stone along with uh, John Logan, who also wrote the screenplays for Skyfall, uh, scripts for Penny Dreadful, The Aviator, and Gladiator. Uh, so, Any Given Sunday tells the story of Coach Tony D'Amato, played by Al Pacino, as he leads the Miami Sharks through their NFL season, trying to get them back to greatness. Four years before, they won the Pantheon Bowl, but they've been on a losing streak since then, and it's just basically documenting this specific year where he tries to take them back. Now, those of you who are wondering, who are the Miami Sharks and what's the Pantheon Bowl? Oliver Stone did not get the licensing to use the NFL for his movie. So he couldn't use Miami Dolphins. San Francisco 49ers. He couldn't use those names. He couldn't use the NFL logo because the NFL said no. They felt this movie was going to get too raw. So they had to make up their own league. They had to make up their own teams. Otherwise, everything else is very NFL-inspired. Um, funny with that because... Miami Sea Cow, yeah. Uh, funny because it was very odd that Oliver Stone took this movie. Oliver Stone is a history of being the controversial you know, envelope-pushing filmmaker. Before any given Sunday, the guy is known for movies like Platoon and Born on the Fourth of July, movies that are extremely critical of the Vietnam War. Takes a very critical stance on them. It's not a movie you're watching if you're pro-Vietnam War. Not at all. Uh, they take hardline stances on it. They're great films. Platoon and Born on the Fourth of July are fantastic movies. If you've not seen those movies, you need to. They are critical Vietnam epics. It should be concluded with Full Metal Jacket. Okay? Um, then he went on to do JFK. Another very controversial movie. This time tackling what he believes is the conspiracy behind JFK's assassination. The whole angle of... Lee Harvey Oswald was a fall guy, and there was an inside job between people in the CIA, mobsters, what have you. It's a great film. Whether you believe the conspiracy or not, the film is so well done. And again, that's something we're still arguing about to this day, about who killed JFK. So if you've never seen JFK, watch that. But you now get the, you get the, the, the level of director Oliver Stone is. He tackles these conspiracy-filled or... Extremely critical films about U.S. policy, about U.S. military, all that. And then he goes into Any Given Sunday. Any Given Sunday, a football movie. Nothing, nothing to do with the government. Nothing to do with Vietnam or JFK. Any Given Sunday, straight up football. Um, Manderson, what am I wearing? I am wearing a Patrick Willis San Francisco 49ers jersey. Yes, I'm a tortured Niner fan. 
but Patrick Willis was friggin' awesome. So I'm wearing his jersey. It's the jersey I, I adore. Number 52, linebacker Patrick Willis, who's retired. Um, yeah, Boo Sports. It's sports movies, okay? So it's there's acting, there's story. It's sports movies. And I'm giving you movies involving football that are more focused on the character development as well as the sport itself. Uh, when is Oliver Stone going to do an Alex Jones biopic? I could see that coming. I could see that coming. I would, I'd watch that. I'd love to know... If he gets, he needs to get Christian Bale to play Alex Jones. Because right now, as we can see with Vice, Christian Bale can play anything. He's male Meryl Streep. He can play any role. He's going to be the next Daniel Day-Lewis. If not, if he isn't already the next Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, so, and Oliver Stone happens to be a huge football fan. And that's why he wanted to do Any Given Sunday. So, the film is bombarded with talent. Okay, let me give you the actor lineup for Any Given Sunday. This won't be everybody. Here's the lineup. Al Pacino, first off, boom. Al Pacino, Dennis Quaid, Cameron Diaz, Jamie Foxx, LL Cool J, James Woods, Matthew Modine, Jim Brown, Lila Rashawn, Aaron Eckhart, Bill Bellamy, Elizabeth Berkley, say by the bell, Elizabeth Berkley, Lauren Holly, Anne Margaret, and Charlton frickin' Heston. And that's not even everybody. I gave you the top names. That's not everybody. You also had legendary football players in this movie. Lawrence Taylor was in this movie. Jim Brown played football before he became an actor. And Terrell Owens was in this movie. Okay? You had NFL athletes who just couldn't use their real names. Because the NFL said so. Uh, let me football players go. <laughs> that is a, Yes, that is an amazing lineup. And it's 99. This movie came out in 99. Okay, this is Jamie Foxx before he went full blown with dramatic films. He was still comedic, Jamie Foxx, and he takes an Oliver Stone film, and he's the main character. He is one of the main characters in this film. He's the upstart quarterback. So Dennis Quaid plays the legendary quarterback for this team who gets injured in the very first game. He's out, done for the season. Jamie Foxx plays Willie Beeman, the backup quarterback who gets put in. And ends up having a stellar season. If you want a comparison of it, think of Kaepernick in his first season in the NFL. When Alex Smith got hurt and Cap went in. That is what this movie was. Willie Beeman is the backup quarterback who gets a chance and just blows up. And starts leading the team to new heights they haven't seen in years. While Dennis Quaid, the aging quarterback, is trying to come back and say he's not done yet. Lauren Holly plays his wife as well. Uh, yes, Bill Motherflippin' Bellamy is in this movie. Those of you who watched MTV in the 90s, yeah, you know who Bill Bellamy is. Uh, how to be a player, that Bill Bellamy. Um, I don't know. I don't watch football. I don't know your player names. Lawrence Taylor is a legendary athlete. He's an old-timer, but he was one of the greats of NFL football. Uh, Terrell Owens was one of the more recent guys who retired was a very great receiver, had a very big mouth. Never won a Super Bowl, he went to one, had a very big mouth. He's the one who said, uh, whenever he was, a game involved him, get your popcorn ready, because it's going to be a show. Whether or not he's the greatest, he's not the greatest, but he was good and had a big mouth. And this movie did help Jamie Foxx propel his dramatic career. This film, I believe, helped him get ready to take roles like Ray, roles like Django. 
roles that you can pull off like that. So, if you haven't watched any given Sunday, put that in there for you. Um, the film does a great job of not just showing you the sport itself, but the behind-the-scenes stuff. Now, it's Oliver Stone, so he's going to have his critiques on certain parts of, the, of, of football. One of those being those in the higher upper offices. And Cameron Diaz does a fantastic job of being a partial antagonist in this film because there is a constant battle between the way Al Pacino's Tony D'Amato coaches and the way Cameron Diaz's, um, her name was Christina Pagniacci, her character, and the way she wants the business of the football team ran. Tony has his way of running a sport. She has her way of attracting fans, attracting money. She wants to move the team to a different stadium in Miami, maybe out of Miami and go to a different state altogether. Got all that going on. So you get her character where she's trying to prove herself as a model owner of a football team after taking over after her dad's death, but also getting in the way of the way the football team is run, the way Al Pacino is running his team, Tony D'Amato. And then you have the angle of Willie Beeman, Jimmy Fox's character, who, now that he's a star, now that people love him, he's slightly developing an ego and thinks he's the best there is and can't be stopped and... Now he's the big name. And there's a great scene between Tony D'Amato, Al Pacino, and Willie Beeman, Jamie Foxx, having dinner at Pacino at uh, D'Amato's place and arguing over how the sport's supposed to be played. And it's fantastic. That's where you see Jamie Foxx's potential for being a dramatic actor because he's sharing the scene with Al Pacino. So if you can hang with Al Pacino, maybe you can do drama. It's a great scene. Um... And also, this film is known for a very, very well-known uh, rivalry slash beef between Jamie Foxx and LL Cool J. Now, at this time, LL Cool J had already made his transition to acting. He's already made it in hip-hop, uh, hip been there for years. He, that's one of his lines if you think about it. Um, he'd already made his way into acting in the mid-90s, so he's already made a name for himself as an actor. Well, these two have an ego with each other in real life. Jamie Foxx and LL Cool J don't get along. And they literally fought on set. Um, the The fight is actually then, you know, incorporated into the movie where Willie Beeman and LL Cool J's character have a fight in the locker room. That's fueled by an actual fight these two had on set. Just couldn't get along. The two got over it. The fight actually cleared things up. And to this day, LL Cool J and Jamie Foxx are cool. They're fine. No big deal. They're bros. They're, there's no issue between the two. It's very reminiscent of Bill Murray and Chevy Chase. Bill Murray and Chevy Chase didn't get along. Chevy Chase was the big name at the time. Bill Murray was the upstart. They were on Caddyshack. They got into fisticuffs. After they got into fisticuffs, the two ended up having no problem with each other. Funny how sometimes fights clear up issues. Men. It's, it's, it's just stupid man stuff. It's, we're stupid sometimes. Sometimes. A lot of times. But... LL and Jamie didn't get along. They got along after the fight. Things were fine. They incorporated the fight into the story. It's Being that it's Oliver Stone, this is the closest you'll get to war as portrayed in football. He films a football game like it's the Vietnam War. Just the way they're going at it, the cinematography of it, the battles, the hits, all that. It's a well-done film. Um... 
take into consideration that the film does show the dark sides of sports, the injuries, the drugs, how players try to stay in the game by taking drugs they shouldn't, how doctors like James Woods' doctor, um, what was his name? Dr. Henry Mandrake uh, is giving drugs to these players to keep them in, going against his, his, his ethics, going against his oath. There's a great scene where he is venting out. James Woods has kind of gone off the deep end lately, but it's a great performance by him. Um, also, you have two, count them, two members of the Dark Knight trilogy in this film. That's right. You get Aaron Eckhart, a.k.a. Harvey Dent, Two-Face. He is Nick Crozier, one of the, uh, I believe he was the offensive coordinator for Al Pacino's Tony D'Amato, and Matthew Modine, Dr. Ollie Powers in this film. Matthew Modine, of course, was the uh, lead detective in The Dark Knight Rises, the one who's trying to catch Batman instead of catching Bane. Ends up in his dress blues like Gordon had asked him to. So, two members of the Dark Knight trilogy in this film. So, if you haven't seen Any Given Sunday, watch Any Given Sunday. It's worth it. It's well done. It's a very rated R. So prepare yourself. It's rated R for everything... Rated R, you could think of, aside from, you know, machine gun fire. Everything else, it's rated R for that reason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's Oliver Stone. The great correlation between war and football. It's Oliver Stone. He's going to involve war somehow in his movies. And he did so with football. And it was, it was masterfully done. It was well done. Also, those of you who aren't aware, Oliver Stone wrote the screenplay for Scarface. Al Pacino's Scarface. So there's that for you as well. Now on to my all-time number one favorite football movie. It's a high school football movie. Came out in 2004. Friday Night Lights. This is my favorite football movie of all time. Um, <laughs> yes, the, the Coke scene on the toilet seat for any given Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that, there you go. Uh, Friday Night Lights, directed by Peter Berg. Peter Berg is well known for directing movies such as The Rundown, uh, The Kingdom, Hancock, Lone Survivor, um, uh, Deepwater Horizon, and he did the the latest Mark Wahlberg film. Oh, he did Patriot's Day as well. He did Patriot's Day. Big buddy of Mark Wahlberg's, as you can tell. Um, Also is a producer of Dwayne Johnson's show, Ballers. They became buddies after the rundown, and he produced the he produced Ballers alongside Mark Wahlberg. Even appeared on Ballers as one of the coaches. So, Friday Night Lights, directed by Peter Berg, written by Peter Berg and David Al, David Aaron Cohen, who wrote The Devil's Own with Brad Pitt and Harrison Ford. Uh, it is based on the book by Buzz Bissinger. Uh, Friday Night Lights stars Billy Bob Thornton, Jay Hernandez, Derek Luke, Lucas Black, Garrett Hedlund, Lee Jackson, and Tim McGraw and Connie Britton. Uh, Tim McGraw, by the way, country singer Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw, everything I've seen him act in, he's a really does a really good job. He's a really good actor. Every role he's taken, some of them small roles, some of them bigger roles, I think he's good, and he's really good in this one. Um, Friday Night Lights tells the story of Coach Gary Gaines, played by Bill Thornton, as he leads the Odessa Permian Panthers to another state championship. Now, the focus on this film is how big. Uh, how big of a deal football is in the state of Texas. 
Now think of your football, think of your high school football team. Think of how, you know, important football was to that school where you went. Now when you think of Texas, take that hype and multiply it by a thousand. Because in Texas, football is life. Especially high school football. Especially college football. Football is everything. Now the thing with this story is you're talking about the city of Odessa. Odessa has been hit hard by by the economy. It's racially divided. Kind of a sad, somber town. What they have to look forward to is those Friday nights when their football team of the of the Permian High School, Permian Panthers, taking the field. Those lights come on, Panthers on the field, and it brings joy to this city when their Permian Panthers are on fire. The film does a great job of showing how the city shuts down on Friday night. Stores have their windows shuttered, signs saying closed for the game. There is no business going on during the football game because everyone is over at Permian watching the Panthers play. So football is life, and this film shows that so well. Now, the big thing about this season is the Permian Panthers are known for being a championship team. Gary Gaines, excuse me, Gary Gaines, Leo Bob Thornton's character, he has taken them to past state championships and won. The thing is, greatness is expected from this school. It's no longer, hey, you made it to the playoffs. Awesome, we're great. No, no. You've won these championships before. We expect you to go to these championships and win. We don't, we're not happy about you making it to the championship and losing. No, 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 no. We're not happy about you making it to playoff round. No. You've done that. You're a championship team. You've won championships back-to-back. If you don't win the state championship, the whole season is a failure. That's how the mindset is. So Gary Gaines has this constantly on his shoulders with every season. Now, the book and the movie focus on this one particular year. I believe it was 1988. And it was the year that in the very first game, they lose their star athlete, Booby Miles, played by Derek Luke. Booby Miles is the equivalent to what Willie Beeman, Jamie Foxx's character is. No, excuse me, LL Cool J's character in Any Given Sunday. Same thing. He's the star running back. He's the elite. He runs over 1,000 yards a season. Every time he gets the ball, they can't stop him. He goes right to the end zone. Well, he gets hurt. He gets hurt bad to where he's at for the season. Maybe more than that. I'll let you watch the movie. And so... We now have a team that is injured. And when the fans see this, they already go off the deep end saying, the year's over. The season's over. You guys suck. You guys are horrible. And that's just the first game of the season. So it shows how this team tries to rise up from that bad injury, rise up out of the ashes, and try to be perfect. As is the catchphrase of the team. Be perfect. It focuses on that while also focusing on what each of these high school players, their high school kids, remember this, and how this uh, mindset in their town affects them. What it means to be a high school student who's trying to make it into college, and at the same time, having the weight of your entire hometown on you as they demand, not ask, demand that you be excellent, that you be perfect, that you can't fail. That's sure, I know you got homework you got to do. I know you may have a personal life you want to have. But no, 
you got football. You need to eat, breathe, everything football, no matter where you are. So that's on every single one of these players. Uh, Lucas Black, who plays Woodchill, the, the quarterback, he's the one who carries this load. He makes a mistake in a game that costs him a loss, and you see the torture in his face in the locker room. He's in tears. He's hitting his head repeatedly against the wall as Jay Hernandez's Chavez tries to calm him down. Just torn him apart. You have Garrett Headlam's character, Billingsley, whose dad is Tim McGraw. And Tim McGraw, for half of this film, is an alcoholic, abusive father to Billingsley. And he was also a Permian Panther in his heyday, and he's got a Super Bowl, uh, excuse me, a state championship ring. So he's drilling it into his son that he's not who he is. You don't have a ring. You haven't been there. So you got that going on this character. All the ins and outs of a high school drama, but you're putting on the weight of that these kids have to live up to this standard in this town. Now, I would only give for like half, like growing up in, you know, in my town, going to high school, if our town had half of the energy behind football that this show had, that'd be something, or this movie had. But it's just an insane amount of stress and anxiety that is put on these kids over a high school game. It, a lot of weight on their shoulders. It's a fantastic film. The football scenes are so well done. Well filmed. Well acted. One of my favorite Billy Bob Thornton roles as, as Gary Gaines. Connie Britton plays his wife. And it's funny because in the TV series, Connie Britton, again, plays the same character. But she's the only one from the original film that's in the TV show. The show is also produced by Peter Berg, so that's why you have that happening there. But she does a great job as his wife. The, all the young actors who play the high school students are fantastic. Uh, and it's funny because in one of the moments behind the scene, one of the moments, there's a big speech that Billy Bob Thornton's character gives. Gary Gaines gives to his, his team. And it's when Booby Miles is already injured. But he's trying to help out the team as kind of a fill-in coach. And it's funny because over his shoulder... Over Derek Luke's shoulder is one of the Permian Panthers coaches. That person playing that coach is the real Booby Miles. So if you go back and watch Friday Night Lights, you'll see him many times in the movie. But specifically in that big speech that Gary Gaines gives the team and the camera starts to focus on Derek Luke's Booby Miles character, pay attention to the coach that's behind Derek Luke because that man is the real Booby Miles. You got to be involved in the making of the film. So focus on that when you see that. So that is my number one rated, number one favorite football movie of all time, Friday Night Lights. If you haven't seen the movie, if you've only seen, even if you've only seen the TV show, the TV show, sure, go watch the movie. See where it started. I love the movie. I adore the film. Watch it. Give it a shot. Also watch Any Given Sunday. It's gritty. Any Given Sunday is very gritty. Prepare yourself if you're not used to that stuff. It's a very gritty film, but it's a fantastically well-done film. It's war football style. So, there you have it. My two favorite football movies of all time. Number one, Friday Night Lights. Number two, Any Given Sunday. Um, so, if you got some time before the Super Bowl, if you're not watching the Super Bowl, 
watch those two films today. If you are watching the Super Bowl, maybe watch one of them and then catch the Super Bowl pregame and then watch it after the Super Bowl. But get a hold of those films. I think they're worthy of your attention, whether you're a football fan or not. They're well-acted, well-written enough for you to enjoy, even if you're not a football fan. So, there you have it. That is the Super Bowl episode of Sunday Coffee with the Azorian One, who is wearing a Patrick Willis jersey. Dang skippy I am. Whatever you have planned for today, have a great time doing it. I'd like to thank the sponsors for this show and the Capeless Crusaders. Beard Bomb Brush. Go to Beard Bomb Brush. Find what you need to tame down the furry beast that lives on your face. Go there, find it, use the promo code CAPELESS, and you get 15% off of your purchase. CAPELESS, 15% off of your purchase over at Beard Bomb Brush. Also, Critical Dice, anything you need for your dice needs. Do you want some fancy dice for whatever board game you're playing, whether it's Dungeons & Dragons or any other game you're playing? Do you want some fancy dice? Go to Critical Dice. Do you want a fancy board? that you can throw the dice on without losing your die, like falling on the ground or anything, go to Critical Dice. Because with them, on every purchase, you also get 15% off when you use the promo code CAPELESS. Remember that. CAPELESS gets you 15% off at Critical Dice and Beard Bomb Brush. And of course, our home, where we broadcast the flagship show, The Capeless Crusaders, live on Twitch, Empire's Comics Vault in Sacramento, California. 1152 Folsom Boulevard. Sweet K. That was Sweet K. Sweet K. Um, We will be having our show tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Monday, live on Twitch. Or later on in the week. But we'll be live tomorrow night, Monday night, at Empire's Comics Vault in Sacramento. So don't forget to watch our flagship show. Don't forget our other shows. Like The Dane Patrol. Like crossover and of course like this one sunday coffee with the azorian one so remember all that can be found at the capelesscrusaders.com and on all our social media which is either the capeless crusaders on instagram or the capeless ones on twitter and we are on facebook again that concludes today's episode of sunday coffee with the azorian one i am your host the azorian one thank you for watching thank you for being here Hopefully you have some time to watch some great football movies or whatever movies you want to watch. Because anytime you're watching a movie, it makes me happy. I, again, the Azorian One, wish you a fantastic Sunday. Enjoy your time. Enjoy where you are. And, of course, enjoy your coffee. <laughs>